Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and today we are going to talk about the second module in our Holistic Horse Handling Program, Compassionate Leadership. So if you're listening uh, to this episode the day that um, it drops, then we are about to wrap up another one of our Stronger Bond workshops. We love doing these workshops with you guys because we get to know so much more about you and about your horses. Uh, We've been running them for the last four years now and it absolutely is one of our favorite things to do. And it's one of the main reasons why we really are honed in and focused on what the potential of our relationship could look like with our horses. You know, if that's our key focus in training is quality of relationship quality of connection, the the quality of the bond, if we really focus on that first and um, training second, what does that make room for? What does that allow for in our experiences with our horses? And it really has, you know, shifted dramatically the, the work that um, Sarah and I do with the horses and that we do at the school and that I do in lessons. You know, we often start with what should I achieve with my horse? What can I get my horse to do? We start goal orientated first with our horses and um, just hope that time kind of brings us closer together and and makes us uh, a working team and a, a working unit. But, you know, really what we're looking for with our horses is that we are a team And so the Stronger Bond workshops have really allowed, um, given me permission within this industry to focus purely on relationship first, put the goals on the back burner just to see like how we're going to do this as a team. And then once we've got some of those qualities and characteristics of what a willing horse looks like and an active participant in the activities looks like, then we can start putting those goals back on the table and and continuing that teamwork. 
And I think that compassionate leadership is definitely, you know, the biggest challenge with regards to what that's going to look like in um, how it plays out. So you would have heard us talking a lot about compassionate leadership as it is, you know, one of our core foundational attributes that we're looking for to have, um, you know, a good working relationship with our horse um, and a good team kind of outlook with how we're working with our horse because we are going to be giving our horse direction but we're going to be listening to our horse and how they want us to give direction. So that's really what we're looking for as a compassionate leader. You know, it takes us away from that dominance model, power over model, um, control, submission kind of aspect of horse riding because what it does is it allows us to set boundaries set manners set expectations and then circle back on reconnecting so quite often you know not just even in your horse human relationship but in other relationships you'll see where putting boundaries up and putting expectations in place can kind of create a little bit of a micro tear in relationships and make people a bit distant from us It can also make our horse start to get distant from us as well. Whereas if we say, no, like this is what I need to put forward for me to be happy in this relationship, for me to feel safe, for me to um, co-contribute this way, like these are the things that are my non-negotiables, but I like we are still a team, we are still in relationship with each other. And when we do it that way, it allows us to be really clear on our values and what we want to bring to it and not just micromanage every little behavior of the horses. And that's like one of the biggest issues, right, is, you know, when I get called out to work with horses with their problem behaviors, get called out by people to fix their horse. The horse doesn't need to be fixed, you know, quite often, there are situational things that are broken. So if there's like physical damage from the work that they've done or emotional trauma from abuse that they've had, you know, we can support some of those things and improve their quality of life, but we can't fix our horse's personality. They are who they are. So we have to figure out how to work with it. You know, the things that irritate us about them and that we don't like they're such an integral part of that horse's unique personality and you can't have those things that annoy you without the things that you absolutely adore about them that you absolutely love about them so an example of this would be like my student telling me that their horse is you know super lazy and hard to get going but that they want a safe horse that's going to look after them on trail rides. Well, the safe horse that's going to look after you on trail rides is generally pretty lazy. You know, you can trust that they're not going to go anywhere at speed uh, on a trail ride if they're not really going anywhere at speed at home. On the flip side, if you're, you know, my student comes to me and they're saying this horse has a lot of energy and it makes me scared. I'm uncomfortable with how energetic, like how spooky this horse is. Uh, but I want something that is athletic and forward and that I don't have to hustle to get moving. You know, they're, this, they're the same horse. So no matter what 
personality trait, no matter what your horse is doing that irks you, it comes with a positive aspect of them. And so what we want to do is not try and fix the part of them that we don't like, not try and punish that part of them out of them, but actually just try and figure out how we're going to shape that part of their personality and how we're going to motivate that part of their personality. So for example, if we've got the you know, the, the lazy horse, how can we motivate them to have a more positive work ethic? And then how can we structure their training so that the forwardness isn't so hard, which is possible. We have to do lots of transitions. We have to do lots of um, short periods of training and lots of walk breaks, but it's possible to improve the overall athleticism of a lazy horse. It's, it's possible to get forwardness. And so this is part of what it means to be a compassionate leader is to not just see the problems in your horses um, and want them fixed and to send them away to a trainer, but to actually say, oh, you know, this, this thing I find challenging in our relationship, how can we work on this together and how can we create, you know, language about how I'm going to motivate you to do this thing or, you know, how I'm going to tell you that I don't like this certain behavior, those kinds of things. And so that's why in the Stronger Bond Workshop, we talk about how you are the best person for your horse. You can send your horse away to trainers and they can put more buttons and put more training into your horse. The horse is going to come back to you and the problems that you see and the issues that you have with your horse aren't necessarily like the trainer doesn't necessarily see that as a problem or see that as an issue. You know, a lot of the times the behaviors that I get called up with are you know, they don't even show up when I go out and work with the horse because I'm not going to antagonize them into presenting those behaviors in the first place. I'm going to catch and hear, you know, the lead up to that problem where the behavior has to get over threshold. The horse has to get over threshold and it shows the behavior because it can't control itself anymore. And you know, the, the challenging part is it's easy for me as a trainer to come in and see, you know, the issues from outside of the situation. But when it's you in it with your horse, it is a lot more challenging. When it is your monkey, it is your circus, you are significantly more emotionally attached to the outcome and you do get, you know, more irritable and frustrated by certain behaviors that just keep popping up with your horse. And, you know, so the thing is, is that those behaviors are part of your horse's personality we don't fix your horse we just get to know them better we get to understand them and we figure out ways of working with that part of their personality and so you know with our stubborn horses it means that we're looking for ways to motivate them understanding why that stubbornness is is coming out and and what our horse actually needs when it puts its heels in is it says no Quite often they just want us to slow down and connect with them first and engage them in play before we ask them to work. You know, with our spooky horses, we just need to know how we can support them and being more calm and confident with our 
um, horses that we would say maybe have aggressive tendencies, it would be about making sure that you slow down and connect with them so that they don't feel threatened or intimidated by the way that you hold yourself or your body around them or feel threatened by the tools that you use to correct the behaviors that you're having problems with. And then our horses that tend to internalize and shut down is like being able to pay attention to when they start to kind of close off to us and being able to re-engage them and draw them back out and get them actively participating in what we're doing again. So when we're looking at compassionate leadership, it's not so the first module that we have is our horse feeling safe to relax. We can do a lot of this without asking anything of them. We're waiting for them to show us that they feel safe to relax around us. They don't see us as the threat. But when it comes to our compassionate leadership skills, it's when we're going to start asking them to do things. How are we going to ask it of them? The two big questions that you want to ask yourself is, do you feel comfortable giving your horse direction? And does your horse feel comfortable taking direction from you? They are such incredibly powerful questions to ask yourself. A lot of my students really struggle with giving their horse direction because it can feel uncomfortable that we're getting into submission or power over or control over training methods depending on you know how you've been taught to actually work with your horse we have such a vast array of training tools the how is not like the how is the confusing part because we've got so many options to us which one is the best option well the one that is the best option is the one that you and your horse like most together you know you don't have to fit this textbook rule because the horses don't read the textbook it's up to you to know your horse well enough to say well you know my horse doesn't respond very well to pressure so we're not going to use pressure tools or my horse gets overstimulated by treats so we're going to use pats and vocals instead or you know if my horse gets stubborn and it digs its heels in all it really needs is a cuddle and a pat and you know a moment of reconnection together before I ask it to do the next thing my horse is intimidated by its environment how am I going to support them in that situation so that they feel safe so it's really you know that's it's not about pushing them through it pressuring them into it bullying them into submission that's not what is a good leader it is often what we get told to do is you have to be the boss you have to dominate the situation you have to push them into submission otherwise they're a dangerous horse that's going to be a liability to you and to others well just being stronger and more assertive and more powerful doesn't make you a good leader you know think about the aspects and the qualities of the people around you if they ask things of you and you do it what aspects and qualities do they bring to the relationship that make you want to participate in the ask versus somebody who makes you not want to do what they've asked them to do so you know we talk about being the toddler if you're super green or intermediate or nervous 
if you're presenting yourself to your horse as the toddler, they're not going to take direction from you because they don't think that you know what you're doing well enough to want to listen. But at the same respect, if you've pushed them into or dominated them into situations where, you know, they've got hurt or it's been ended up being a bad experience for them, then they'll stop taking direction from you as well because they don't trust what you're going to ask of them. So it's inevitable that we're going to create these micro tears in the relationship when we're working towards these goals. We're going to overface ourselves. We're going to overface our horse and recognize that maybe the horse, maybe us, maybe together, we don't have the skills required for the, to achieve that goal that we set ourselves today. And so it's being really comfortable with yourself is not just like coming out of a bad training situation going, I'm not good enough, my horse doesn't like me, they need a better rider, maybe I need a different horse, is coming out and doing your reflection work. What worked, what didn't, how can I make this better for next time? Maybe you recognize that, you know, something that you skimmed over, for example, if you have you know, a a nervous horse and you're like, well, Katie told me that spooky horses, we do confidence through curiosity. And so you like put out a bunch of exercises of confidence through curiosity so that you're ready for this obstacle day and you go out and your horse is a nightmare and you come home, you realize, oh, that's why we needed to do confidence through curiosity. We needed to do it until my horse found relaxation and was able to seek guidance and direction from me, not just expose them to lots of different experiences which we want to do that as well but it's about understanding when you implement these training tools and these exercises it's about getting to build out that quality of relationship with your horse that in a way that you get to know them better and they get to know you better and so you build out that trust and confidence in each other so that then when you do your stretch you know, there's, there's a way of communicating to each other. Your horse can say, hey, you know, I'm not ready to do this or I don't feel safe or I don't have confidence or can you give me some support in this moment? And you can read it and not just get scared and end up, you know, getting um, yourself, doing yourself a mischief or your horse doing you a mischief. So the question is, do you feel confident and comfortable giving your horse direction? This is, you know, the part that so many people get stuck because they think that um, telling a horse what to do puts, you know, you in a position of power over them. And so you start to really question if you're doing the right thing or if you're being too rough or you're overhandling them or, you know, whatever way your brain is going to squirrel in that moment. But it's really important to remember that, this is like working together as a team, you know, a lead, you're not going to see somebody as a leader if they don't give you direction and tell you what to do and show you how to succeed within that teamwork and within that environment that you're putting them into. So you have to, you know, do the work with your horse in your training to figure out how your horse likes to be given direction. So that's what makes you feel comfortable and confident in giving your horse direction. So that, you know, is our second question is, does your horse feel comfortable taking direction from you? Why would your horse take direction from you? Who are you for your horse to want to listen to you? Who are you to them? 
what have you done for them in the past that would show them that you're good at giving them directions just showing up and feeding them isn't enough to build that trust that when you give direction they don't doubt it especially if they've had you know challenging experiences with other humans but also especially if they're not particularly handled as well they're going to be taking direction off horses they're not going to be seeing value in humans unless you show them that you have a way of creating you know, something better from the directions that you give them than, than they would get from other horses. So traditionally, we are taught to make it so that they don't have another option. You know, my instructor used to tell me to be bigger, badder and scarier than the thing that they're scared of. And then that's how you get them to take direction from you. And I can tell you it's not effective. <laughs> it makes a spooky horse more scared. It makes a dominant horse more aggressive. It makes, um, you know, a stubborn horse more stubborn and it makes a shut down horse more shut down until they can't cope anymore and then they come out in a flip. It's not about being like leadership isn't about who is the strongest and who is the bigger, badder, strongest. Leadership is about the quality of the directions that you give and the consequence of those directions. So if you set your training session up for an incredible amount of feeling of success and achievement, then you're um, showing up as a leader to say, when you participate in this with me, it feels really good. You're going to feel really good because I'm going to tell you how good of a job you've done for participating with me. But if you're in that moment and you've got your stubborn horse and you're getting frustrated because of how lazy they are and how hard they are to get forward, then you're not going to be praising the horse and so you're not going to set them up for success and so they're not going to finish with immense sense of satisfaction and task achievement. If you're getting caught in caught up in this end goal, emotionally attached to the end goal instead of the horse, then you're not going to be showing up as a leader because you're not considering the horse and how the horse is going to find that end goal easy. You have to be able to be flexible within your training plan to adapt each lesson plan in a way that you say, okay, well, you know, maybe my horse gets overstimulated by treats so I can introduce a little bit of our pressure cues here let's make that language a little bit clearer let's get them an immense sense of satisfaction and task achievement and give them you know a feed at the end of the training session instead as their motivator and that's truly you know what we're looking at when we're trying to do our holistic horse handling skills is it's not about you know just ticking off the box of the exercises that you can make your horse do. It's working with your horse through these lesson plans to get to understand them better so that when you're ready to do that next step with them, you take that bigger challenge with them, you know how to present the challenge to them so that both you and they can succeed together like don't just put them in a super overwhelming situation where neither you nor them have the skills to actually navigate and feel safe and confident in it and and then it all goes sideways and then you th uh, think you're the worst and you think that your horse just deserves better than you like that isn't helpful for anybody you've got to make sure that you're being intentional and you're clear in how you're 
are strategically setting these lesson plans up so that you're going to get to that point of reaching of reaching that goal and so that's the point of being holistic right it's like yes we have this trajectory we have this goal that we're aiming for how are we going to get there well I have you know 20 hows in my toolkit so how are you going to decide which how to use well, you're just going to try them <laughs> and figure out how you and your horse work together off of this tool. So you say, yeah, I can get my horse to do, you know, box exercise A, um, but, you know, they got a bit grumpy about it and they didn't really love it. So I tried B and then I tried C and, you know, actually E, it worked really well. So I'm going to keep that up my sleeve because that's going to be super helpful for us when we go and do this other thing. It's being aware of, you know, what things you're doing with your horse that they respond really positively to and really engage in with. And, you know, that is why part of our toolkit is our clicker training because we really get to see part of our horse's personality and how they express themselves. Like some of our horses really enjoy kicking the ball as a game, whereas other horses enjoy the squeaker toy and like more mouthy kind of textures when they play and the same when we use our um, enrichment exercises is recognizing you know what horse is happy to sit down and do a food puzzle all day to, to work the food out of the puzzle versus you know what horse is gonna go in and you know again kick the ball again or destroy the object that we've put out for them because they really enjoy like doing things with their legs and pouring. Each horse has a different way of expressing themselves, their personalities, their desires, their wants, their likes, their dislikes. And it's our job to really hone in on that and understand that so that we know, you know, how we're going to present these challenges to them so that they can succeed. Which ones um, are we going to use that help the horse engage in learning and make learning enjoyable for them and which exercises are gonna sour our horse and and make it less enjoyable for them so bringing me like you know your the list of exercises that you can get your horse to do it's not particularly helpful Uh, if you are going to bring me a list of exercises that you can get your horse to do tell me which one is their favorite tell me which one um makes them go sour tell me how they respond when they don't know what the answer is what are their frustration behaviors tell me what it looks like when they're relaxed tell me what it looks like when they have trust and confidence in you which exercises actually build their confidence in you these are the questions that you should be asking yourself as you work through your lessons and your shaping and training plans so that when it comes time to doing the next skill you're not just trying to figure out how you're going to push your horse into this certain behavior but you're actually thinking about how you're going to present this challenge to your horse in a way that engages them and they get enjoyment from it and it brings you closer together as a team. And so that's what we're trying to achieve in our holistic horse handling program. Firstly, we're making sure that our horse doesn't see us as the threat. They feel safe to relax around us. Secondly, we're trying to work that dynamic of compassionate leadership. What, um, how, how, 
are you going to get yourself into a situation where you feel comfortable and confident giving your horse direction and what do you need to do with your horse so that your horse feels comfortable and confident in taking direction from you in that process we're going to open up the pathways for communication um, through cueing and so in that we have like all of our behavioral training skills like our operant conditioning counter conditioning like different tools and lessons and things that we can use to how are we going to actually shape that behavior so our cueing is about developing language with our horse so that we can communicate with each other how do we cue how are you going to guide the behavior how are you going to mark the behavior how are you going to motivate them to do it again if you can break down you know your behavior training into that you can't teach your horse anything it's limited only by your imagination of how you're actually going to shape them into that behavior so that you can mark it and then we're going to look at our emotional agility skills so quite often you know paying attention to is our horse getting frustrated because it doesn't know what the answer is or you know what is our horse trying to communicate within the training plan within the lesson plan that would make it um you know show resistance does it not know the answer does it is it not capable of doing what we're asking of it is what we're asking them to do creating pain in some regard have we missed what is going to actually motivate them have we not really thought through how we're going to guide them in that into that behavior there's so many reasons for resistance that it doesn't mean that it's your horse actually challenging you and if you do take it as your horse like if you get to the crux of it and you realize that it actually is your horse challenging you just getting stronger isn't necessarily what they need to what they need from you to see you as a leader you know, there's plenty of other ways that we can show up for our horse as a leader worth following where they look to us for direction and support. There is a little caveat here, you know, it is important that we can follow through on our ask and it is important to understand that what you release for you reinforce but we have ways of navigating that like just don't ask for more than you can handle, like don't put more pressure on your horse than you can manage and don't start an argument that is going to antagonize your horse to give behaviors that make you feel scared of them. We really want to be paying attention to where our horse is at in that emotional response to us and adapting the lesson plans accordingly. This is how you develop the compassionate leadership skills is not being emotionally attached to outcome and goal achievement, just having it as a trajectory and adapting the exercises and the lesson plans that's going to get you there so that it brings you and your horse closer together, so that it creates more relationship between you and your horse, so that it builds trust and confidence um, in your horse and your horse in, in you. We're looking at being super strategic in those lesson plans and how you're going to use them with your horse, not just ticking the boxes of what you can get your horse to do. So this way of working, you know, it might seem a little bit different to what we're used to, but really, you know, every horse rider that's been in the industry for any period of time says to me when I tell them about what they're doing, they're like, oh, that's amazing. Like, that's what the horses teach us. Imagine 
what kind of horse riders we could have been if we were doing this at the beginning. You know, a lot of the places where the industry goes wrong is is trying to find answers in trainers and coaches and um, instructors and judges who are people. People are not horses. When we turn to the horses for the answers, the horses give us, you know, the best answer that is required because they're the ones at the end of the day that know they're the ones that are experiencing us you know they're experiencing whether they're in pain they're experiencing whether they understand and so when we turn to the art to the horses and we ask the horses what do they need to succeed they're very forthcoming in how we should work with them and what we need to do to work through these things together yeah sometimes we're going to hear I don't really want to do that that's not particularly motivating what's the purpose of going round and round to the arena but we can say well like okay I get that let's make it fun how can we make this more enjoyable for you how can we make you know our conditioning work a more positive experience maybe it means that we have to hack out more and so even though it might sound weird because this often isn't the advice given it is what every horse rider knows in their heart to be true is that if you ask the horse you'll get the answer even if it's not the answer you wanted if you ask the horse you'll get the answer and that's what we're trying to do in our holistic horse handling program is we're trying to you know navigate the the top reasons why our horse doesn't want to work towards their goals with us firstly make sure they're not in pain Secondly, make sure they feel safe, they feel safe to relax and you can recognize these relaxation cues. Not only can you recognize these these relaxation cues, but you can also recognize tension building. Make sure you're somebody to your horse that they want to take direction from, which means being somebody who feels comfortable giving direction, compassionate leadership skills. Develop your lesson plan for communication skills and cueing, not what you can get your horse to do. Check in with your horse. Where are they at emotionally? How can we make this a more positive experience for them, more fun, more engaging, create more willingness before we go to work on our goals and the things that we want to to achieve with our horse? If we can nail out these four things, five things if you include making sure that they're not in pain, which is super important (laughs) in itself. Um, If we can nail out these five things before we start doing our actual training work with our horse, it makes training so much easier, so much more enjoyable and pleasurable and makes it a lot easier to navigate the challenges and the roadblocks that come up along the way because we can just ask our horse, hey, I'm noticing X, Y, Z, How can we do, you know, this or that to support you better so that this isn't whatever it's doing to you situation? So our Holistic Horse Handling Program will be open to enrollments tonight. Uh, If you're listening to it the day that this episode is released, it's going to be the last time we're accepting enrollments probably until sometime next year later on in the year so really you know if this is something that you want to be implementing with your horse you want to 
be uh, a compassionate leader. You want to know that your horse feels safe. You want to understand your horse's emotional state and create emotional agility skills. And you want to actually use your exercises for clear cueing so you can communicate clearly with your horse and your horse can communicate clearly back to you. That's what we are offering in our holistic horse handling program. So jump on the link in the show notes and go have a look. We'd absolutely love you in the program. We just want to make, you know, horses' lives easier and more comfortable and better. And as a flow-on effect, it means that, you know, the owners are happier and enjoy their horses more. Not seeing them as such a chore and not having to have an existential crisis every single time something goes wrong in training. Until next time, happy trails. If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with flags and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you. Especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, Building a Connection with Your Horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret source behind developing safe horses that care about you and look after you without trauma triggering training methods, register for our new training today at www.equestriumovement.com forward slash connection and I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.